We would like to extend our thanks to everybody who has gone to patreon.com slash TV and help support this show and this network. People like Brian Eason, Neal McQuaid, Sage Beatty, Michael P. Verano, and Nicholas Bryan. All of these people have been great supporters for us, and you can be like them if you are not already by going to patreon.com slash TV. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Alan Wake, which is a survival horror game developed by Remedy and published by Microsoft for the Xbox 360 and PC in 2010. 2010. Um, and this episode is two things, two special things. One, uh, produced by our patron Volpes. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Volpes. Yeah. Uh, and it is our premium episode for the month. Yeah. So that means everybody gets everything up through the generalities, uh, but the full episode is going to go to our patrons, people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Um, they don't get, they don't just get this one. They get all of our previous premium episodes as well. Yeah, a bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you want to hear that, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can afford that, we understand. Just, uh, you know, put aside a buck a month, Yeah. five months, throw that in there, listen to all of them. It is A-OK. It is fine with us. Yeah, and this is rounding out uh, the least scary, least tense, <laughs> least horrific October that we've ever had in the history of the show. It's a, it's a very I'm so disappointed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I need an emergency scare package sent to my house like immediately. <laughs> scare package. So I, I somebody said that on on Slack. I'm taking credit gotcha, from, from gotcha. somebody else for that, okay. that term. But just a I'm, big box of you know cans of beer nuts, but each of them has a real snake inside. Yeah, each of them has a has a a, a funeral note. You know, it's all adult fears. Each one has a prognosis inside. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I am so disappointed this month. I had no idea that the Resident Evil DLCs were like that. Um, I did not expect Shattered Memories to be like that. We we did not. uh, I knew this was not going to be scary, and I knew Call of Cthulhu wasn't that scary going into it. But man... Just no, uh, no scares and no, no big scary concepts or anything either. Yeah, really, yeah. got a couple of them. Like, I don't know, man. This is the, we're we're exploring horror from a from a tedious new place uh, this month. It feels like to <laughs> I don't me. I don't know if I can go with you all the way to tedious, but I think that uh, for for a lot of this for for Alan Wake, it pr- it probably would have had a bit more shine on the apple if this was the first time that I played it, and if it wasn't Maybe, the possibly. fourth time that I played it. Yeah, possibly, and yeah. it was also the um. I think that this is a weird uh, thing because this is technically, you know, like a psychological horror, you know, yeah, game like this gets yeah. a lot of credit. That's what it's called. But where's that at in this? Like the, the, the things that it's, it's, it's messing it's with, re- with like a sense of reality, like, oh, is this a delusion? Is this actually happening? Et cetera. It's really tropey. Yeah. Like, oh, it, like I mean, on the second time through, I'm like, this is so tropey and, yes. and, and played out. <laughs> um, oh, yep. Boy. So wanted some spookier concepts uh, like. Scary, scary, you know, black fog mm-hmm. uh, in this. It like weirdly ends up being not scary at all. Mm-hmm. Like not even a little bit, you know, oh, let's throw in a trailer at me. Like I get that. Yeah. I get why that would be like bad in real life. Mm-hmm. Like maybe kind of action packed and, you know, but I'm just like, <laughs> it's not a cool concept or anything. Yeah. Where are your, where are your concepts at, Alan Wake? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the concepts, the, 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 the concept is lifted. <laughs> yeah. yeah and well and also not very good i don't i don't think the concept is that interesting yeah. like the uh i mean we'll, we'll, we'll get into it but like man you know if this has that uh you know somebody's writing a thing mm-hmm. thing from uh from stephen king the thing that they're writing matters yes 
You know, like it can't just be like, what if the reality, the barriers between reality and fiction are breaking down? The reality has to be interesting mm-hmm. and the fiction has to be interesting. It can't just be that there are barriers yes. that are calling down. And this game fails on those fronts. I think mm-hmm. having played it again, uh, the, you know, having now played it twice, I'm like, ah, oh, man, yeah, yeah. Wanted, wanted better from that. But we'll, we'll get into it. There yeah, are definitely things, I, things I, to like, but I, I was cranky about it. Yeah, I think I think I'm cranky, crankier about the play than the than the narrative or the story than you are. Probably. Yeah, I'm cranky about both. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not a, a total unmitigated disaster. Right. Um, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, in this game, you play as uh, the, the eponymous, the titular Alan Wake. He is a writer mm-hmm. who has been ensnared by this dark force, and he is searching for his missing, presumed kidnapped wife in the northwestern town of Bright Falls. Yes. Uh, you're a bad husband. Bad <laughs> husband simulator. 20. 20- 10 um what if somebody was a jerk it's very hard to have Uh, sympathy for alan you're a petulant idiot uh, (laughs) the entire time what a whiny baby uh, you are um so this is uh, a third person shooter um and your primary antagonist in this game are the taken uh which are regular townspeople who have been possessed by the uh proper noun the darkness yes um so this is kind of a uh, in effect, this is regular stuff, uh, you know, either inanimate objects, birds or people that have a kind of swirling blackness effect on them. Right. Um, um, and I think so that's a shame. Evil. And I think that's a shame because if you look closely at people who've been affected by the darkness for longer, they do have like some body horror stuff going on. But it is all uh, yeah. it is all hidden by that uh, by that swirling black fog, uh, yeah. which is, which is a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you know, it's like, like you said, it can start possessing regular environments. This happens about halfway through where all of a sudden, uh, you know, just objects from throughout the world will poltergeist into you if you do not destroy them. Yes. Yeah. Um, in order to destroy them, the big gimmick of Alan Wake, the gameplay gimmick. Uh, is that uh, is this whole thing with light and darkness. Uh, you have to shine a flashlight or other source of light on them long enough to get rid of their dark shield. Uh, once you get rid of the dark shield, you can then shoot them. Um, you mostly do this with your flashlight, which consumes Energizer brand batteries. Mm-hmm. Important. Um, That's important. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and the, uh, it's very product placement-y. Um, and uh, the batteries go down. You know, This is kind of your where your survival part of the survival horror comes in. Yeah, yeah. There's a mild amount of resource management. I never wanted for batteries yeah. uh, even close. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to that but um and the big thing that uses up batteries is focusing the beam mm-hmm. um so this is like every light in the game has a weird super version uh that you can do that consumes a lot of batteries but is way brighter yes so if you just oh. use the regular beam eventually it will um dwindle down an enemy shield if you focus the beam it goes faster but you deplete the battery uh more quickly yes so part of yeah. managing the rhythm of combat is trying to figure out uh, which of those is is the better is the better tack to take? Which burn rate? Um, yeah, know. I mean, basically, you always focus. Like you, yeah. you almost always want to focus in on the enemy. Um, you you can not do it, so the game doesn't become unwinnable. Mm-hmm. But you are always focusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on enemies, at least in my experience, I never mm-hmm. just let somebody play it out. There's just a, like there's a certain amount of push and pull um in in regards to that especially like on higher difficulties and stuff. It's not it, it never mm-hmm. becomes much more interesting than that yeah yeah um but yeah that focusing the beam is not like a regular like oh i twist the end of the of the of the mag light and it tightens the beam like he is focusing his willpower he is like willing the uh the light to be stronger um according Um, to the manuscript pages the big effect that this has other than getting rid of the shield is slowing enemies down Mm -hmm. um which turns the combat loop in alan wake into like basically juggling Mm mm-hmm um, the entire game, like, you know, every encounter can be broken down to you managing your surroundings, uh, almost like playing a like root beer tapper. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you're slowing down, you know, the right enemy is trying to do triage all the time until you can get them the shield down. So then you just kill them as quickly as you possibly can. Yes. Um, so <laughs> that is basically the loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of this. There are a couple of things that complement it, um, which we'll talk about a couple of other items. But that is essentially what you're doing. Yes. Um, the, the other items that you can use end up being, oh shit buttons of varying degrees. So you have throwables like, uh, like flares 
or mm-hmm. um, flashbang grenades. Flares making their second appearance in the in the month. Weirdly, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That will either hold enemies at bay, uh, like the flares do. They'll do a little bit of damage if enemies walk into the uh, the field of light. Or flashbangs, which are along with the flare gun, your uh, strongest weapons in the game. Yes. Yeah. Um, there are also light sources in your environment, uh, such as work lamps, headlights, uh, things like that. Uh, these also can be uh, focused, mm-hmm. like the the not the work lamps, but the spotlights. Yeah. And yeah. such everything has this. Um, and you use street lights as checkpoints, mm-hmm. like areas of a lot of light, and standing in those recovers your health. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and those often have little uh, uh, recharge boxes. I want to call them bear boxes, but I know that's not what it actually is. It's, mm. <laughs> it's just where you keep your picnic baskets. No, it's mm. uh, just uh, emergency boxes with like batteries and bullets and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, strewn about. Um, but yeah, once this armor is gone, you have um, regular guns to finish enemies off. You know, mm-hmm. so the rhythm goes burn, 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 shing, and then. Uh, three pops and then a regular enemy goes down uh yeah. not a huge arsenal like you've got a handgun and then you've got two kinds of shotguns and a hunting rifle if i remember mm-hmm. correctly yeah yeah that, yep, that is uh that is correct yeah. um almost all of the combat takes place outdoors which uh is something that this game is like technically an innovation but i actually think contributes to one of its biggest problems feels very samey uh, just like, feels very safe. Uh, uh, yeah. We're it seems like we're headed to an we're, we're headed to a literal fireworks factory, and then boom, we drive off the road, and oops, this level takes place in the woods again. We there are almost all of this game takes place in the woods. Yeah, um, and the woods can be scary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, it does mean that enemies can come from any angle. Yeah, um, which is like a blessing and a curse in this, in terms of like interest. Yeah, yeah, like. You know, it would be if it were a hallway because of the nature of this combat, it would be too easy. You would just catch everyone in your high beams mm-hmm. and take them out. Um, but it does mean that there are some really unfair feeling ambushes that mm-hmm. happen in this yeah. uh, where someone just walks up behind you, hits you in the back of the head with a hand axe. And well, there you go. Yeah. You know, and uh, the, the game, the it does a, a decent job of showing you your environment, like mm-hmm. showing you this is about to happen. But you you end up having kind of like varying amounts of time to react. Yeah. Uh, sometimes this can feel unfair. Yeah. Sometimes it'll slow down, but you slow down along with it. So there's not an awful lot you can do um, yeah. to, to avoid the person who comes out with the axe, um, yeah. you know, from the from the tree line. So yep. it's it's a little bit of a bummer. I'd still rather it be like this than just be a straight up combat hallway. I just wish that there was a little bit more variety in theming. Like I think the first the first level is just straight up woods, and the second level is the woods of a national park. Yeah, yeah, the different kinds of woods. <laughs> We're gonna explore a lot of different kinds of forests. So this one's mostly dark. coniferous. This one's deciduous. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it sounds like we're joking, but that's that's basically it. And you're still doing woods nonsense. You know, at the end of the game, yes. like it's not all woods, but there's still uh, woods or woods vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this this game, um, you know, as far as uh, survival horror goes, one of the things that I, I realize that I really like in the genre is um, I like, uh, you know, I think of this genre as being largely about exploration. Yes. You know, and um, we talked about that with Shattered Memories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, the reason one of the reasons why I think those combat sections failed is because it turns your environment you'd previously been used to into nothing Mm -hmm. into a a wireframe maze Um, here. It doesn't do that, but there's no, I never felt like, like particularly very much fun exploring almost any of these environments with a couple of exceptions, even the more interesting ones on the Alan Wake scale Mm -hmm. um, are still not interesting in comparison to anything from silent Hill two or three. Yeah. And or anything from resident evil or anything from other (laughs) horror game, anything from amnesia. Like just in terms of like the concept of where you're at mm-hmm. and your your ability to see a cool, striking and and most importantly, like different or varietal uh, set piece, mm-hmm. because Alan Wake has one of the tightest bounding boxes of games we've done. Like yeah. the possibility space for what you can see and what you can do is so narrow in this game mm-hmm. up until the last 10 minutes. Yes, up until the very, very end. At one point, you spend like a fourth of a chapter on the town's main street, and that's a fun level. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the, there, there's only a certain amount of like expression that can come through or a certain amount of statement that can come through when you are going through the woods and the woods can be scary. If your game is about how harsh and unforgiving the wilderness is, that's cool and sure. fine, I guess. Uh, or if but, something scarier was there because the yeah, taken aren't yeah. scary. 
Um, it's, it's real weird. Like the, the restraint this Mm -hmm. game shows, like it feels, I can imagine a person saying, or even almost a version of myself who admires the restraint of this game rather than, uh, repudiating it. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I, I think that the restraint of this game is a real problem. Um, and part of it is just like, we have these environments, um, you know, uh, but if the most interesting thing you can explore in this game is Main Street mm-hmm. and it's dark outside, but nothing else is different. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that is that is really limp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it's real weak sauce. Yeah. They save the um, let's say artificial environments, the man-made environments for the daytime sections, which are all just walking and listening to people talk. And um, are more interesting, but are still really straight pots. Yes. Like they're interesting in the way that like, yeah, it might be interesting to explore a trailer park, mm-hmm. but it's not like a trailer park with anything happening in it. Yeah. You know, the restraint is just so intense in Alan Wake. Like I was mm-hmm. very surprised, especially um, thinking about this in terms uh, in comparison to Max Payne, um, this company's previous game where you would, you know, in those sections sucked. Where mm-hmm. you're like tightrope walking over those those blood tightropes. Yeah, yeah. But it was still surreal. Yeah. Like you would have kind of like there's a stronger emphasis on the surreal mm-hmm. uh, in those games uh, from time to time than there is in this one until the yeah. end again. Yeah. And the DLC leans more heavily on the surreal. However, it also leans incredibly heavily, much more heavily on reusing environments. So you're mm-hmm. going through the woods, but maybe there's like 10% more surreal going on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just really wanted, you know, there's there's a, an element of like almost in a video game for horror. Mm-hmm. There's an element of extremeness that I think I really need. Mm. You know, like it, you can do a subtle you can do the kind of like a subtle horror game and it can mm. be. Uh, and when I say extreme, like I, I don't mean that it needs to be this like Jalo gore fest mm-hmm. or anything like that. But uh, extremity is a tool in the horror games toolbox. Yes. Um, and it's an important one, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, Pyramid Head, you know, just I know that, so, you know, that is a, a, a you know, a, a taboo thing in the Silent Hill community. Like people, you know, have mixed feelings about how overused that character is and how he became a mascot for the series and mm-hmm. such. Yeah. Um, part of the reason, like Pyramid Head doesn't work because he's a big, scary nemesis figure. Right. He works because the first time you see him, he's like having sex with a weird mannequin thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's scary because of what he does. You know, yes, you know, like it's you know a... not just not just what he is, and that scene is surreal, and it's really outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and Alan Wake never does that. No, I don't no. think there's anything in this game that is shocking to see. Right. Um, there are a couple of things that are kind of neat, mm-hmm. but it, there's at no point do you explore an environment with something like weird mm-hmm. in it. And I'm like, why is there nothing weird? I feel so safe <laughs> during this. Yeah. You know, the, like the, the, that extremity, I think it, it, it has to it, like it, it works and it can work uh, because it stands athwart against what you might expect. Right. Like the extremity yes. is something it can ramp up to. And I'm yeah. I'm down for, you know, even as derivative as this is a Lynchian quirky little town or what have you. But it's but got a ghost. It's, it's got it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah. This also isn't that. It's yeah. This is only superficially that it. it's, yeah, it's we'll, only very superficially that we'll talk about it. But that's also something that I in my mind, yeah. I remembered that being a way bigger part of this yeah. than it is. But really, it is just uh, playing with those kind of tropes. It's less that than Deadly Premonition, but Deadly Premonition, even that is like it's Lynchian in the main character and a couple mm-hmm. of the side characters, but you still do street races to Ameri- you know, to Green Day uh, <laughs> in it. Like it is that is a semi Lynchian game. Uh, and I had the thought like while playing this that like maybe I like David Lynch, but I don't like things that are Lynchian. Yeah, that's like possible, you know. Yeah, like if, if you're just kind of playing with the in the sandbox of mm-hmm. Twin Peaks, maybe that's not good enough. Like you maybe you're not doing a good enough job like yeah. Twin Peaks itself. Great. Yeah. Like I still haven't watched The Return. Don't at me. But like I, I like Twin Peaks a lot. I think that's really cool and unique. Obviously, super important. Love Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Most things I've seen that have been inspired by Twin Peaks have I've found really wanting. Yeah. I mean, it, just, it, it feels like it, it, it can adopt a bunch of shorthand either from Lynch or from Twin Peaks itself. I think this was a really like just a dire time for that. Think think about yeah. something that would like that would that would cite or quote Star Wars in 1992. That's yeah, that, that's yeah. a little bit like what Twin Peaks was in in 2010 where it was just a bunch of weirdos circulating the tapes. Um, yeah. at that point before it really had like a broader cultural resurgence, I felt like. 
Yeah. Um, and so just kind of like, yeah, like, hey, we've got remember the log lady. We've got a lamp lady. And that like, I think that the expectation is that need that that does more of a lift. It gets you further. They, they think it gets you further than it actually does. There's a lot of that overconfidence I read in this product. Yes. Uh, and a couple of different accesses, like most of which are gameplay mm-hmm. related, but I definitely think that they the reference they think that the reach is further than it is yeah. that it actually has. Sorry, yeah. I, I feel like I cut you off in the beginning. Of that what were you going to say? No, so so um, but but before that, I was I was going to say just like the, the extremity and you know the Lynchian the Lynchian idea. Like I don't know you. you... <sighs> Spending a bunch of time in the regular ass town without actually having anything really horrific happening. It's like having no dynamic range in a track, like in a music track, mm. you know, like opening of blue, uh, blue velvet. You've got typical suburbia. We got people, uh, you know, waving at each other and then boom, immediately ants crawling over a severed ear in the lawn that yeah. Kyle McLaughlin finds like it's real quick to set that up to set set up the expectation this is your everyday life and subvert it and in this it is playing in that space without actually committing to the actual beats and dynamics that it needs to for a game like entirely about light and darkness there is so little contrast in this game yeah like uh and that's that's really important yep you know um so getting kind of back into gameplay and all that stuff that'll come out more in the second half of the episode because mm-hmm. there are good things too like this yeah. is not i don't want this to be a hit job i just ended up like was really looking forward to covering this again because I enjoyed it the first time and yeah. enjoyed it way less the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if I have changed or if it's just a game that doesn't go down super well on yeah. repeat plays. But yeah, I, I could see it both. I remember liking this quite a bit, even the first two times that I played it. But if you go back and listen or watch my stream that I did about a year ago, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it doesn't work like it yeah. doesn't work nearly as well for me as I'd expected it to when I fired it up. Yeah. And yeah. and that's not necessarily a damn it. You know, if, if that's the case. Mm hmm. You know, a game can be good for one play, and not every game needs to be good enough to be, like, good on replay. It doesn't need to get a five hair raiser for replay value or whatever. Yeah, to- yeah. 100%. Like, and that doesn't necessarily have to be damning about it. It's just the fact that, uh, you know, my arc goes, I th- you know, one of the, you know, my my kind of uh, rote um, instinct as, as, a, as a critic is, like, if I'm not having fun, I start thinking about, like, why am I not having fun? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't scary or atmospheric to me, and I'm bored. Why am I bored? And, mm-hmm. like, the answers for those things tend to lead me to these, uh, these you know, these things of, like, oh, like, yeah, there's no contrast. I know I'm not going to see anything weird. All these things that are actually pretty damning when I say them out loud, yeah. you know, and it comes from just interrogating why I'm not enjoying myself. Yeah. You know, um, and it's it would be really hard if the answer was just like, oh, I've seen all this stuff before. Yeah. You know, that would be hard to find the reason uh, for it because there's still there are reasons why it doesn't have the replayability. Like that's not super damning. But the the fact that I could replay Call of Cthulhu mm-hmm. and like actually like having my expectations set made me like that a little bit more mm-hmm. than I did the first time through. Whereas replaying this, uh, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah. Um, so kind of getting back into gameplay stuff, um, you have a dodge. Uh, you can do a little, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's exactly when, when Alan does it, it's exactly like that frame of March crumping. It, yeah. You, you crump, uh, <laughs> through it. Um, the, which I always thought that was like just a, an animation, like a Lomer mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I didn't know that actually came from her, like saying she would crump. And like, I watched the scene where she actually does the dance uh-huh. and stuff. I was like, Oh, that's late Simpsons. That's why I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> like by late Simpsons, I mean, 2004 or right. whatever, but right. it's, it's, you, mean, you know, when we yeah. say late Simpsons, we mean, uh, less than halfway through the run. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, a. uh, I watched that scene in preparation for this. <laughs> um, um, but you do that little dodge, uh, if you do it perfectly, time slows down, which does not help you very much. Right. right. Um, it feels like, um, a cinematic, like a bullet time. Yes. I think to show how cool it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into the most realistic part of Alan Wake, which is that as a writer, Alan Wake cannot do more than a light jog without getting winded. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you have a stamina meter in this and like, man, if, if you make your stamina meter invisible, mm-hmm. God help you. Yep. No. Like, God help you. <laughs> you gotta go. So, so many survival horror games do this. Uh, the Evil Within has almost almost this exact same idea. And like, uh, I don't know, like Leon Kennedy, like, yes, he's a Secret Service super assassin, but yeah. he doesn't, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't hurt anything for me that he can run and walk as much as he wants to. No. For, I no. mean, for, for this, I, I only ever found this getting in my way when I was trying to cover distance in between set pieces. 
Well, and and that would be to me. This feels like an easy fix, mm-hmm. right? So the, the the reason why this is there is so when you're in an actual combat arena, you can't just like dun, 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 you know just just run around right, like right. crazy and just run circles around these monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to make you stand and fight, but just turn it off when you're not in combat. Yeah, you know, just just. And just that would be an acceptable break from reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let me, you know, when I'm trying to cover distance, if there's nothing uh, dangerous afoot, just let me sprint. Um, spoilers for next month. Like I've been I'm, you know, two thirds away through Human Revolution because I just wanted to play that game. Uh, Adam Jensen, the augmented super cop, also uh, <laughs> can only really do a light jog for a short amount of time. Most, before of, him, most of him is metal. Most of him is. Metal. I know that's true. He's a he's a he's he's heavy. And he's going um, he's going through withdrawals from his enzyme paste or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anywho, like it's like light jog season. Yeah. Uh, on watch out for fireballs, <laughs> where it's like, and again, I get it. Like, yeah, no, light no, jog I... is hard. Uh, <laughs> it's really difficult. I had yeah. to like try to catch a bus once. It was really difficult. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, Ellen, in this, it just ends up being really annoying, and they don't show you the meter, and that yeah. has a huge psychological effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels it like you are always out of stamina yeah it's yeah. just like and it would be one thing if like after you ran just kind of aesthetically alan would like huff and puff for a little while mm-hmm. afterwards like that'd be great yeah. you know I'm, I'm fine with that like oh my guy was running i i, I see it now mm-hmm. but actually making a stamina meter does not at, do very much yeah, yeah. Uh, in the non-combat sections and the combat sections like yes it adds something to it to make you kind of be a little bit more strategic yeah, but it locks you into the encounter a little bit you know locks you in the encounter a little bit but then the the actual uh i think that that if it didn't do that um yeah. it has bigger fish to kind of fry like it has bigger problems than that yes which which we'll get into when they start articulating i could see the argument being hey if we added a visual stamina meter it would clutter up the interface uh there's there are on-screen interface elements on this it is not just yeah. a straight silent hill that they are doing on here uh, yeah. So they could have added one and it would have been would have been a OK. But yeah. 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 Um, um, so there are a couple of areas in this where you can drive a vehicle. I totally um, forgot about those, which <laughs> is real like, weird. I was like, oh, yeah, there's driving in this game. Yeah. It's a holdover from an earlier version of the game. Yeah. Uh, but here, you know, you're, you're driving on these on uh, these mountain roads and these country roads and mm-hmm. you can actually boost your yeah. <laughs> you can boost yeah. your headlights uh, to yeah. run over enemies without damaging the car. These are fine. I like these. Let's say it's, yeah. it's a welcome change of pace. Yeah, they're a welcome change of pace. Um, there's a surprising variety of cars, which mm-hmm. is again a holdover from an earlier version of the game. Yeah. But it's very funny how you can like park your car, go up into a ranger station or whatever, mm-hmm. come downstairs and just boost another car. Yep. <laughs> like it's nothing. <laughs> you know, like um yeah, these these are fine. Yeah. Um and the the sections where like it is combat focused with the car um mm-hmm. are like where the strange you know where you actually do feel like it's a, a real change of pace when you're just driving like safely and, and soundly down the road yeah um you know it may as well be a cutscene. Mm-hmm. but when you actually do when this interfaces with combat in a way it is kind of fun yeah you know those are those are some of the better sequences in the game mm-hmm. um there are a bunch of collectibles in the story um just mugs of coffee which was just kind of the style at the time yeah i guess just to have a thing you can get all of yeah um if, if you've got that disease you can get it yeah no, um, no they're, they're little yeah. uh, stacks of beer cans you can knock over to get to get yeah. achievements you know yeah. this was a 360 okay. game yep a couple a couple things like that and then there's a relevant collectible which is manuscript pages um which are pretty like you know, I, I go back and forth on the writing in them mm-hmm. um, as being as I got more annoyed with Alan Wake, the character, um, <laughs> the, his, it, his kind of writing tick started getting more irritating to me. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think that um, for me, I wish there was an option to, option to turn off Alan Wake reading because because his the, the 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 affect that he puts on when he is reading them actually gets in the way and magnifies magnifies yeah. some of the uh, some of the language um, patterns that he uses and kind of rub me the wrong way. I kind of just wish that these were like little readables that you could get or put into a codex. Alan Wake should be like Siri where you could substitute his or not Siri, uh, like a, like a GPS. Oh yeah. Where you can yeah. substitute his voice for like a lot of different voices, <laughs> or, like celebrities or like just like a British woman, you know, the taken came and, the, <laughs> the, um, yeah, and the my flashlight came. ran out of batteries. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> Yeah, I just I I wish there because I thought of that because you said I wish there was an option to turn off Alan Wake reading and I was like yeah I wish there was an option to turn off Alan Wake 
Uh, like, I'm pretty much on Team Darkness at this point. Like, get this guy off Earth. I mean, it's pretty hard not to side with the love, with the Lovecraftian entity under the lake. I I really wish this was more Lovecraftian. Yeah, me the, too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's a. Yeah, but also just because Alan Wake is such a horrible like person and character. Like that was the other thing that like this playthrough did not strike me so much, and my first playthrough at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, this guy is like a horrible husband. He's a huge whiny baby. Mm-hmm. He makes every decision doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he is so self-important. Like yeah. I've never seen played a character in a game that is such a big fan of themselves and uh-huh. themselves as a philosopher. Yes. Like and just spouting just the most inane like the darkness has the power of the light. Without <laughs> light, there can be no darkness. But without darkness, there can be no light. Mm-hmm. The darkness had me. The darkness was within me, and it always would be. Like, and he just every he delivers everything in that fucking cadence as if it's the most profound shit that anyone's ever said. Yeah. And it's all boilerplate garbage. And then he comes home and yells at his wife, and then she gets kidnapped. And I'm like, who is this asshole? Like, man, the the flashback, like this, you know, a little something for people listening on the public feed. The scene where he wakes up hungover mm-hmm. after the show appearance, and his wife is like, "Are you watching the appearance?" He's like, "Yeah, I didn't say anything stupid. If that's what you're worried about." <laughs> Like, who is this asshole? Like, like, all she wants is for you to feel good. Well, and for you to not keep coming home drunk at 7 a.m. Yeah. Like, you just, you listen to a voicemail of your agent saying your wife's getting in the way of your career. Uh-huh. Your wife comes home. You came home at 7 a.m. And she's a little irritated. Your wife says, listen, I was mad about it. I'm fine. Yeah. Now, I think you should like go you back to sleep. the shit out of her. Yeah. Like, this is going to turn into midsummer. <laughs> You're fucking midsummering your, your wife at this point. Like, you are the guy from that. Uh, like you Jesus. are such a shithead uh, in this. You got me a fucking typewriter as a writer. I can't believe you. Flip the table. Going outside, you horrible monster. Um, like he is—he's such a baby. Yeah, yeah. Like he is baby. Yeah, and not in the way that Pocket is. Not the good way. He's not, he's not good baby. He's bad baby. He's bad baby. Alan Wake is bad. Alan Wake in bad. Baby. <laughs> wow. 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 The rattle wow. was in I, me. I, I was the rattle. <laughs> I grabbed the rattle with my right hand. It shook. I said, is this what ob- object permanence feels like? I didn't know, and I never would. Because I, looked, I, was in I the- looked away and wondered if the rattle was still there. I wondered if the rattle wondered if I was still here. Peekaboo, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Pe- game for children. But perhaps I could play, too. The, like... And man, can you imagine being friends with anyone in this game? I just, I was like, I, I know that like likable characters are not. It's not, know, it's not a requisite. Right. Right. It's not a requisite, but like every person, like, I mean, we're going to meet fucking Barry and that guy <laughs> gets under my skin, like nothing uh, in this thing. I'm like, these characters are all horrible. Why do I don't want any of them to succeed? Yeah. Alan is very hard to have sympathy for sympathy for because he is a best-selling author who seems to have everything in the world. Yeah. But is still not happy. Right. It's like WTF. It's like listening to Mark Marin. <laughs> Uh, in those like, early seasons or like when he first got his TV show, but still had the chip on his shoulder, like he was a struggling baby yeah, yeah. and like, everyone was more successful than him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, a TV show and like one of the best podcasts in the world and you're making your living at this and you have a house in California and yeah, stuff like, yeah. why are you whining? Mm-hmm. Like so much about how you I understand that like that's not happiness like you can still be unhappy. I'm not yeah, trying to yeah. everybody. Yeah, just everybody has their own struggles and I don't think anybody would call their own life easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course not. You know, and, but it'd be like if, if, if you and I like, con- like, we've been very lucky in terms of like podcast stuff. Yeah. There are bigger podcasts than we are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there are people who have that better. But if we were just constantly whining about why we weren't big- a bigger podcast like network. Right. Like, I can't believe where we're not you know, 99% invisible. You know, like, <laughs> I, like, we got to get to that. You know, there's always, and I, and I get that. That's the kind of thing like you might, I might feel a twinge of jealousy about like something, somebody I know is a success, more successful podcaster than I am gets a cool opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I get like a twinge of jealousy. Yeah. Alan Wake won't shut up about all of his like <laughs> existential nonsense problems as a creator. I haven't written in two years. Well, there are lots of authors who go really long between books. Like yeah. you can just you, work you through live it. in a in a in like a high rise, like you know, million dollar New York condo. <laughs> Give it a second, you'll be okay, buddy. You know, it's but just, the muse tortures me. Yeah. You know, and it's man, shut up. We 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 should have much more buffer between Alan Wake's internal monologue and ourselves. Like that, there, that, there, there should be a, 
really good point. There, there should there should be there should be a lot more. And something that kind of irritates me is when people say, "Oh, this is like Stephen King the game." Stephen King yeah. books are nothing like this. No, no, no. He, he's a much better writer. Yeah. <laughs> like and, like Alan Wake is a bad writer on this weird on purpose thing. Like the story is on purpose. Blah blah blah. We'll get into uh-huh. that. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about that in general. But you know, it's Alan Wake as a character. Like the things he says. You know, if a Stephen King character is aware of himself or he's a tortured writer. Um, he still knows how to make like a kind of a compelling character. And yeah. Alan Wake is not a compelling character. Yeah. I think. And when you say we have too much touch with it, that's actually like a really good point. Something I thought about during this, it was like, would this be, but like, I think undoubtedly I would enjoy this game more and would like Alan Wake more as a character. If I didn't have him constantly commenting on everything that happened. Absolutely. The, the fun internal turtle, monologue yeah. is intolerable. Yes. Uh, so <sighs> yeah, no. you can get, you can be, I was like 20 minutes before the end of the game, and he literally was like, the darkness was everywhere, and it had gotten a hold of me. Without <laughs> light, there'd be no darkness. And I'm like, are you fucking new? Like, we, we went through all of this. How are you still saying this level, like, observation uh, in this voice 20 minutes before the end of the game? Yeah, yeah. You know, like... And it's, it's hard not to compare it to other to other survival horror games. This is possibly the most talkative survival horror protagonist I've ever seen. You well, know, when does horrible things to the horror? Yes, like you are constantly whistling in the dark. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you have somebody talking to you nonstop during this. And I don't think that there's a scary moment in this, mm-hmm. like or tense or anything like that. In part because Alan Wake is just constantly talking to you in that voice telling you these kind of like, and I, I want to call them philosophical, but that's not even the word for it. Like saying over and over without shadow, there can be no light without light. There could be no shadow or whatever mm-hmm. is not a philosophy. No, like there's not a lot of philosophy in this game. It is a game that like, I do think like ultimately, you know, judging on the ga- video game curve is a little bit smarter and deeper than maybe things that were coming out at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, but does not clear the smart or deep hurdle. It's greater on curve. Yeah. Yeah, on a graded on a curve, yes. Mm-hmm. It is playing with some kind of themes and, and messing around with some ideas that are more interesting than the average game. It doesn't do anything with those ideas mm-hmm. uh, other than just kind of say like, hey, wouldn't this, uh, this idea of fiction becoming reality? Isn't that a cool concept? Yeah, yeah. But I don't feel like this says anything, mm-hmm. you know, any – and there's no like truth to be gleaned mm-hmm. around Wake. But it's delivered as if it is constantly blowing your mind. Yeah, because it is talking about things like creativity and the power of fiction, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, and just t- taking us back to the to, to, to the outline here just a little bit, you find those manuscript pages, which are the unfiltered um, internal monologue that is going on here. And it's kind of neat how these will foreshadow things that will happen later on. And it's kind of neat how it will give you a little bit of backstory. Like there's one particular character whose actions make no goddamn sense at all unless yeah. unless you read his backstory in these uh, in, in, in these pages. And I like that this makes you go out of your way to go get them. I I just wish that the actual content of the thing was a little bit, you know, again, I wish that there was a little bit more of that buffer. Yeah. I was yeah. actually going to, before I got frustrated by just thinking about Alan Wake, the guy, I was going <laughs> to say something positive about the manuscript pages too, which is I like their rep- relationship with time. Yes. I like how when you pick one up, there is a fun little puzzle to kind of figure out when mm-hmm. uh, the thing you're reading happens, if it is in the past or in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it can be both. Yes. And they do some kind of clever things with like foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with it and i think those are actually really neat yes yeah um, um it's good I, I i like that as a as a thing it plays in with the story really well i mean like after the after the opening of the game alan wake he loses an entire week where he has written this manuscript and the pages get scattered all over the place and mm-hmm. the manuscript that he writes is dictating the events of the game yeah the result of an errant breeze. <laughs> Is that what he says? Yeah, Alan Wake. No. Okay. I mean, he could have. Okay. An errant breeze had, wrote, had blown my manuscript all over town. And a now bu- I had to collect them. A bunch of Every page I picked crows. up told the story. <laughs> and I use that same cadence when he's talking to people, too. He's he is I, Barry, the, the real I need, to get a, I need to get a flashlight. Barry, my wife is missing. Yeah. <laughs> Flashlights need batteries, and I knew I had to find them. If I open up the screw cap at the end, I could insert the batteries one by one. But if I put them at the wrong end, the flashlight wouldn't work. Like the real There's American a diagram being... on the inside that shows where the positive <laughs> and negative battery yeah. terminals go. The plus indicated a positive side of the battery. <laughs> The minus indicated the negative. The real American nightmare is like if you had to go to Denny's with uh, <laughs> Alan Wake at like two in the morning yep. in high school. Ooh. And that is the American nightmare of him just sitting down like 
laying out his philosophy on the back of like a placemat. <laughs> the fluorescent light flickered on my grand slam, and I looked at Barry and wondered, could my slam be grander? Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh. Man, Barry, like high school, Alan Wake babies, man. Like Alan Wake and Barry in high school, like the visual novel that uh, is the way that I die. Yep. Like I, I has been foretold. Uh, like, just like somebody, you know, uh, waves enough Patreon money under my nose for us to cover something that I know I'll hate. And it literally kills me to, uh, to have Alan Wake and Barry, just their relationship, just going back and forth. <sighs> man. Barry's got to go. Um, <laughs> like Barry's got to go too. Like we're, you know, I don't know. They're all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the other neat thing, uh, and this is great. Uh, even though like they, they are uh, like, it, it, here's man. So here's the thing about Alan Wake though. Right. So like in the, uh, in the thing you find TVs yes. where there is a twilight zone esque show called night Springs that plays um, they're little shorts. They're acted out by just people on the staff. Mm-hmm. Like they're intentionally shoddy. Mm-hmm. Um, these I love watching these. I think these are really cool. Yep. Um, there's no difference though between the philosophy being shown on the bad on purpose TV show and things Alan Wake presents to you with a hundred percent seriousness. He, he wrote a bunch of them. Yeah, he wrote, yeah, it's exactly like the thing. So they're trying to make like these are supposed to be kind of funny the way they're bad. Yeah, yeah. Like they're really, really Wishmaster reporting for duty Twilight Zone stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it's in the same breath, the game will show you one of these and it's supposed to be kind of funny. And then Alan Wake will say something that's supposed to be incredibly profound. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the same qual level of quality, like the same, you know, tenor. Yeah. Of stuff. It's really weird. Like it's very fun to watch these. Like mm-hmm. as far as things you can find in a game. Um, and they play on the TV like it doesn't switch to a cutscene or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan stands there and in my case just does jumping jacks uh, <laughs> over and over like he does a little calisthenics. Well, yeah. you know, so maybe he can run a little bit fucking faster uh, and further without getting winded uh, while doing this. But, uh, you know, they play on the screen inside the game and it looks neat. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just they're, they're, they're very fun little little chillers that they do. Yeah. My, my, my favorite of these is the uh, the man in the mirror one. Oh sure, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I, I like the uh, the quantum machine. Oh, the quantum machine is good as well. Where yeah, I think, press I think the that, button. Yeah, I think that's a that's a cool idea. Like you know, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this is a really story heavy game uh, because mm-hmm. because the actual play is really bounded and the setting are really bounded. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, the motions that we end up going through um mm-hmm. and kind of conceptually what's going on here it cribs heavily and knowingly from twin peaks and stephen king like a a a, a, a an fbi agent comes to town but he's a bad dale cooper so it's yeah. like the, the manuscript says he he hates the trees and he hates the coffee you yeah know? you have you have the, you yeah. have the lamp lady instead of the log lady etc there's a good deal of like you know stephen king this is really similar to the book bag of bones um and the idea of fiction shaping reality it's you know straight out of the dark tower et cetera, et cetera. Mm. yeah there's a, there's yeah there's a um and it, it is very it's not coy about any of this stuff it just no. says the things yes like stephen king comes up a thousand times in this i game. mean the, like, the characters the, just say it to each other the first like, the, the first line of the like the first words spoken in the game are stephen king said yeah 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 characters just walk up to each other one will put their hand on their own shoulder and they'll just look each other in the eyes and go stephen king and then continue <laughs> up on their journey yeah so but i i i think you know you are obviously like a much bigger fan of stephen king than i am i even but even at the level of fandom that i am i know that stephen king writes better characters than this and writes yeah. better plots than this like mm-hmm. i think that this is playing with the name and playing with some of the ideas but similar to the twin peaks thing it is window dressing only it's stealing valor yeah, it is stealing valor, like in in, in an almost real way. You know, like if <laughs> if that weren't a uh, if that were somehow a real complaint, <laughs> you know, not to you know. So as and and what I'm what I'm saying by that is that that is oftentimes wheeled out in inappropriate situations. Yes, yeah. as opposed to what it would be. It, it, it is it is the name for an actual phenomenon, but it is often. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yes. it, it is overused to the point where it's a joke. Yes. Yeah, I'm not saying that no one has ever stolen valor. Valor. Right. right. Um, one of the other things I like about the game, though. Uh, and the positive uh, stack is how it's structured mm-hmm. um, is structured like a TV show uh, in terms of episodes where you get these kind of intros and uh, outros with a song. Mm-hmm. Um, it has previously on uh, recaps. I really like this. Um, I think it does a really good job of uh, montaging, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to kind of cut us over to a new area and let us, uh, you know, ignore some of the things that would be really obnoxious if this was an open world game like mm-hmm. it was originally planned to be. 
where you'd have to, you know, I had to drive over to the trailer park. Yeah. yeah. Let's just open up this episode in the trailer park. Yep. You know, like it, it's a, it, it does a couple of things like that where it cuts some things. Like the mm-hmm. whole game does not have that cinematic presentation. There are plenty of things that happen in this game that would be cut. Yeah. If this were a movie, uh, like, you know, 80% of the forest fights, mm-hmm. but the, uh, it does, uh, manage to be kind of smart with his pacing mm-hmm. with his stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the structure quite a bit. I think more games could benefit from having a previously on, mm-hmm. uh, kind of recap that goes, um, yeah. and around this time that was a thing, you know, and yeah. occasionally it happens still, but yeah. Yeah, uh, we already talked about how Alan Wake is a hard character to like, and we we we, we yep. hit that um, hit that pretty hard. Uh, the game was really pretty for its time. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was made as a as a technical uh, kind of showpiece. Uh, it's kind of a rough putt now, particularly in the pre rendered cutscenes. Every character model looks really wooden in a way <laughs> that, yeah. that is not helped by the voice acting, um, particularly on Wake himself. What's weird is that there are parts of it, like, you know, so the, the cutscenes do look bad. Yeah. The characters not look good. Um, the woods still look great. Yes. Like, if you're out in the actual gameplay going through these these wood sections, which are problematic, but look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there's, like, a really nice, like, draw distance to things. Like, you can yeah. look off into the, you know, off of a cliff and get, like, really nice kind of detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really great kind of lighting Good, yeah. good atmosphere in terms of visuals. The atmosphere in particular, um, when you are in, you know, heavy tree cover, the way that the fog kind of bends light itself brings a mm-hmm. certain amount of eeriness to it as well. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that you just kind of have these moats going around, it does look otherworldly and, and, and good when you are lifting your eyes above the ground level, looking for mm-hmm. taken to jump out at you and scream at you, you know? Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. So, and this has helped out too. I think that they released some kind of graphical update on the PC. I played mm. this on PC. Did you did, did you play that as well? Or yeah, I've only okay. played this on PC. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember when I streamed this, people had, somebody had mentioned that that uh, that yeah. they did up, upgrade the textures and stuff. Um, yeah, talking about the development a little bit. Uh, game took five years to develop, and it changed quite a bit from the original concept. Uh, originally, this was going to be like just a massive, um, just technical workhorse. You know, it was developed for physics, physics cards, etc. It was going to be PC exclusive. Uh, picture like crisis is is what this would have been in the market. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was originally going to be like, some gameplay change as well. They were originally going to make it an open world. Um, they dropped with that and they actually dropped that and went in the opposite direction mm-hmm. um, with us because this is uh, very cinematic, very railsy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it made me wonder why they thought where the open world came from at all. Yeah. The idea other than just the fact that it was like the style at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it really makes me think what they were thinking, you know, ask what they were thinking yeah. with that. Um, <laughs> you know, and there, again, there are some vestigial elements like the carjacking mm. uh, that happens in it. Um, but this would not work as an open world. No, um, no. You know, uh, even having kind of other areas you can kind of explore with this, which would free up and add some some desperately needed variety to the pace of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you would still be stuck within the bounding box of the verbs you can do Yeah. Um, in terms of combat. That would have a, uh, I don't think that would, it would be particularly additive. Yes. Yeah. Um, this game has really heavy product placement, which is very funny. This feels like an anti-endorsement for Energizer batteries to me Mm -hmm. because you chew through them so quickly. Yeah. 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 It's like, he's got, instead of a flashlight, he's like, he's got a game gear (laughs) that he's shining on everything. Yeah. Although this, uh, this game did get me to order a new flashlight. Oh. I, uh, I, I, I do not I actually have like a I did not have a big flashlight for my house. So now I have a 4D cell mag light. The game did that or the. the huh? No, no. The, I, uh, was, I was playing this and also reading stories about that, uh, that Pacific gas and electric uh, blackout that was going on in California. And I was like, mm. I should probably get a get a flashlight for my house because winter's coming uh, and power yeah. outages are going to happen. So yeah. I'm, I go with uh, spooky candles. Hmm. You know, I, I'm going to use my phone in the dark to grope in and get a candle. And yeah, then if, like, the, I mean, just, out, the, 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 the wise man said, how will you find the candles, my son? Oh, with <laughs> my phone. But with a flashlight. Yeah, yeah, with my phone. Okay. okay. The, uh, we, we have a flashlight we have everywhere with us all the time. Okay. okay. The, um, but I, I like a big flashlight. I'm not criticizing your flashlight purpose. Yes. I was just also talking about what I will do once the once we lose power. Oh, well, yeah. The yeah, beginning when, of the end. When, when the grid goes down. Yeah, when when the grid goes down, and, 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 and. <laughs> um, so energizer. There's also everyone uses a Verizon cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the yeah. the weird cameo from the Verizon guy where he explains Verizon to you. 
And then Alan Wake just one ups everything he says is really strange. Uh, you know, is that zero happen? money down? No, <laughs> okay. I'm just imagining Alan Wake doing a delivering a commercial for like they have the best 3G network in America. <laughs> I wondered, would I get signal? Would the darkness interfere with it? The or would the signal get me? <laughs> You know, yeah. With, yeah. No. without a signal, I couldn't make a call. And without making a call, I couldn't call Alice's kidnapper. <laughs> I needed to call her because I wanted to get my wife back, and the kidnapper had her. However, <laughs> I was worried about what he would do. Da, yeah. da, 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 and just like in in, in one of the DLCs, Alan Wake straight up says, "Can you hear me now?" Ah, uh, boy, really? Yes. The uh, the and the Wikipedia I read about this, they talked about the uh, product placement, and the the guy, the main director, his name I escape right now. Sam Lake. Excuse me, right now, uh, Sam Lake. She's like, yeah, we want to be really careful about the product placement, but we want to make sure the game felt real. And I'm like, you you fucked up both those goals, yeah, uh, my friend, um, because. It's weird that there's only one type of battery in this town. Mm-hmm. It's like how a college will have a, uh, you know, can only have Coke products at this university. <laughs> yep. Like <laughs> this town can only have energizer batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it doesn't feel real. And you were not careful about it because mm-hmm. you had a guy say, can you hear me now yeah. in the DLC? Uh, so you sold out, my friend. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, there, there's some music licensing problems with this. We'll talk about the music during those scenes when they come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was pulled from digital storefronts for, for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then came back. Yes. Um, there are DLCs, uh, which I want to hear you talk about once we get to the end. Right. Yeah. I've read about, uh, but I've not played. And then there's like a spinoff kind of sequel thing called American Nightmare, um, which is like an arcade comedy game. Yeah. Uh, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it kind of continues like you are still in the, in the dark place. Uh, the, the, the dark presence is still out there. Um, your doppelganger who was released is kind of your game master in this and is subjecting you to a bunch of combat arena uh, challenges kind of things. Like, from what I understand, like, people who really enjoy the combat engine, this, you know, puts you into a bunch of tough scenarios in that and uses, you know, just if you like more of that, here are more of those situations. I do not find it to be essential. I can't imagine coming away from this game wanting to play more of this combat. Right. Like, not in in necessarily a mean way, because it's okay. It's frustrating. It wears out its welcome is the biggest problem. Yeah. Initially, it is okay. Um, but just beca- because this is a generality um, and just, you know, before we actually get into the, the specifics, um, one of the thoughts I had about this game, and this is goes way back in our notes, so I apologize for going on a sequence because mm-hmm. it's about the combat loop. But there's that famous uh, games criticism observation about a game being broken down into uh, like three second gameplay loops. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Like, you 30, know, 30 you seconds might... of fun uh, done over and over again. Yes. Do you remember who that who that is? That is um it was it, it's kind of like an insight. It might have been a GGC talk given by one of the people who made Halo, talking about okay. throwing throwing a grenade, closing distance with the guns, and finishing with uh with a melee. Yeah. I think that this is the game I, I've been, you know, the accepted piece of wisdom. Uh I don't actually buy it. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that this game is a really good piece of evidence for not buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, this game tries to do that. Like, it is very clear to me with the seeminess of the combat encounters in this game that they are going for that. Yeah. They're going for, we want to have a 30 second gameplay loop that is really fun and satisfying and just repeat it for the entire game, uh, which it does, but they're that whole, the idea of that, and this happened when we played Halo as well, Mm -hmm. huge diminishing returns. Yeah on that like i don't know if this is something that has changed for me and i don't know how universal this is but like i think that maybe uh at a point in time i would have bought that but i've always wanted a little bit more variety than that Mm -hmm. and this game's biggest kind of failure in terms of gameplay is how stale that 30 second loop gets Mm -hmm. um and it gets it gets beyond stale like this piece of bread is rock hard yeah. Like I would not give this to the worst duck, <laughs> you know, like this is, this is not the kind of stale bread you feed to birds. No, this no. is not the kind of stale bread you use in a fondue. Like yeah. this, this bread is so stale as to be no longer bread. Mm-hmm. Um, that 30 second, like kind of loop thing is just, I don't, I don't know that that's actually how a lot of games that feel that feel like that. I actually think it's, do it. I think it's necessary, but not sufficient is the is the thing that 30 second loop can form a basis for something but you have to do something above and beyond that it needs to be recontextualized so it can serve it can serve as you know the opening of something or it can serve as the starting point uh but it would need to spiral into something else um yeah you know kind of like how a song can have a chord progression but if it was just that chord progression over and over again 
uh, that would suck. It needs something to offset it. It needs things that um, happen alongside it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and songs have new parts. Yes. You know, like uh, the the thing with like the the thirty second loop is that like no, you know, when I think back to old. Uh, old games that have very simple kind of gameplay loops that you could apply that to. None of them, uh, the word that it doesn't work in that thing now is loop mm-hmm. because they're not looping. Nope. You know, like in, you know, you play Super Mario Brothers. We talked about this, but that's one of those examples. I really love the progression of enemies in that mm-hmm. where you have uh, Goombas, which just die, turtles, which die, and then add a complication, spinies, which have to be killed a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, and, and you, you have this kind of progression of enemies, Hammer Brothers, which you have to dodge more than fight, uh, you know, through this. Uh, there's no loop. Mm-hmm. Like there is no 30 second loop in Mario Brothers. Like yeah. you could be reductive and say there is and say like, oh, you know, run forward, jump, get a, a power up, stomp on a turtle. And at that you point, know, the, you, you, you are saying it's a loop, but what you were actually describing is like a move palette. <laughs> you're exactly you're describing yeah. your verbs for the game. There's no loop at all. Mm-hmm. This game actually feels like it has a loop. Yeah. Like there are some things that you do differently mm-hmm. from time to time, uh, but it's very rare and they are still pulling out level one loops and at the equivalent of like eight, four yeah. in this, like near the end of the game, you are still doing some level one loops mm-hmm. in this. It, it takes that philosophy of like, we just need to make a 30 second loop and make it fun and just kind of shows that it's, that has always been reductive. Yeah. The, you know, um, like that is, and I'm not trying to put that on the halo guy. I haven't watched that guy's speech or whatever. I'm sure he has more to say about it than that, mm-hmm. but that, that idea has become this kind of like video games, criticism, shorthand. Mm-hmm. That is accepted on its own and has just never been really true, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, additionally, while we're talking about the lack of variety and, and you know how it becomes problematic, um, the lack of enemy variety is a huge issue here. They initially oh, were going God. to have more. Uh, they were going mm-hmm. to have possessed animals. Uh, you know, at one point it really like in the same chapter, it faints that you're going to be fighting possessed dogs and also a possessed woolly mammoth uh skeleton. Which uh, mm-hmm. would have been a badass fight, but doesn't actually happen mm-hmm. because they had to cut it. Um, instead, yeah. what you end up having are regular size Taken and Big Boy Taken. And they both yeah. fight about the same. Some of Ooh. them have some of them have weapons, some of them don't. None of them have projectiles or anything. And what that leads to is actually this kind of it's very, very intense modality, bringing back uh, kind of a watchword maybe for the month, or at least from uh, Silent Hill, where it's very clear. This is going to be a daytime section where I'm walking. This is going to be a section where I'm in the woods fighting the Taken, fighting the two kind of Taken that there are. This is going to be the section where I'm fighting off the bird. This is going to be the section where I'm fighting off the possessed enemies. There's really no crossing of the streams between any of them. No crossing. And the other thing, too, that I think is a big problem with even if there are because, you know, there isn't enough enemy variety in this. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, like, what if there were, though? Uh it wouldn't actually matter as much as it should because of your really constrained verb set. If there were, was a taken mammoth, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't fight that differently than a taken truck. Right. You know, and if there were taken dogs, it wouldn't fight that differently than the fast taken that we have now. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to aim differently, mm-hmm. but no matter what the, the lock is, Alan Wake is always shining his flashlight for a few seconds to stun something, then shooting it between two and five times, mm-hmm. no matter what, like you have one key that you have in this entire game, um, you know, with some oh shit buttons like grenades and mm-hmm. everything. But the fact that your verb is so constrained is honestly the bigger issue yeah. than, than the enemy uh, variety, I think. You know, like if you had an enemy that didn't have the shield, it would mm-hmm. be a little bit different. Yeah, you know, yeah. but there were, like, they wouldn't do that. It wouldn't make sense because it's light and dark, and that's the the gimmick of the game. Yeah, the, 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 there's possibly a way that they could have added at least a little bit more spice to it, a little bit more For variety. Sure. It wouldn't have solved the you know the, the the base problem. But I mean, I don't know. Like, let's let, let's contrast this with something else, something like Max Payne. Right. Where, you know, you generally have a pretty limited move set in that you're leaping, uh, you have your bullet time and you're doing Mm -hmm. you're doing a whole bunch of shooting. The fun in that is in the room setups. You know, it is in the Hotline Miami quick, you know, quick combat loop kind of deal to it. Right. They could have brought, you know, that kind of, I don't know, forethought into designing the scenarios, uh, but they Mm -hmm. just kind of didn't. Every every scenario is the, the taken coming from all angles and rushing you. Yeah. 
Like some of them can throw things, but nobody hangs back and throws things while other ones right. rush you. Even like yeah. even the ones that throw things at you run towards you to throw things at you, and then will rush you. And we talked about the combat system being a little bit like a juggling, and that makes a kind of sense and is satisfying to a certain degree. What's more satisfying is prioritizing targets. Yeah, there's really no prioritization that happens. The enemy who is closer to you is the one who takes who takes precedence. Because you're um, trying not to get hit. Yeah. You know, because yeah, you can't run away like forever because mm-hmm. you uh, get winded. Yeah. The um, the other thing that kind of adds into that is if you, you know, compare this with Max Payne and my understanding of the games that come after this. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that the light and dark gimmick in this is almost purely aesthetic, like having to shine the light on the enemy to kind of weaken them isn't different than you're still aiming mm-hmm. at them and you're still pressing a button. Yeah. Like you're still doing the mechanics of shooting a gun. It is almost, it's not that different than an RE seven when you have to use the ramrod rounds mm-hmm. on, on the, uh, the, the certain kind of molded and then fire the actual bullets. It's kind of exactly the same, you know, and that, that is, it's aesthetically, you know, and thematically as much as light and dark can be a theme, mm-hmm. you know, um, okay. Eighth grade. Uh, but the, uh, you know, as much as light and dark, not the movie, um, but as much as that can be a theme, like it is aesthetically and thematically a thing, but mechanically you're always, you're just pointing a cursor at something and holding down a button. Whereas Max Payne had the, the bullet time, uh, thing, the, the quick dodge and stuff like that. Like that is a stronger gameplay gimmick and less of a thematic one. Mm-hmm. Like Max Payne has, it's a superpower. It's never explained, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that he is very competent here. There's so much text about the light and the dark, yeah. but it's not a gameplay concern. Right. It is just an overlay on what you're already doing, mm-hmm. you know, just to shoot. It'd just be like if you had to shoot one weapon before another one. Yeah. So in, in terms of like gameplay gimmick, there's almost nothing here, mm-hmm. uh, even though it presents as having one. Yes. In practice, there isn't one. Yeah. Um, the, I mentioned uh, games that came later. Uh, my understanding is that uh, Quantum Break, the next game by this uh, this company, has a much stronger gameplay gimmick with a lot mm-hmm. of time travel. Yes. Uh, time stop stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm real curious about Quantum Break. I also, I've got a copy of Control sitting here that I want to break into, um, and that looks cool as well. Um, and Control sounds great. I love yeah. the SCP stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, that's basically what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I am very interested in, in Control. Um, you know, I'm taking the, uh, playing this definitely put me off it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because the people who complained about control complain about the gameplay portions of it. Like people yeah. say it's a clear improvement, but the people mm-hmm. who don't like it are like, oh, it's repetitive and too hard. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I just uh, remedies combat <laughs> post Max Payne right now. It doesn't sound good. Right. To me. Yeah. No, I, I, I dig. I dig. Yeah. yeah. I just say it seemed it seemed like like a like a almost like a follow up to uh, to PsyOps to me. And that made me yeah. horny. So that would be cool. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, and c- control, like they, they're tying stuff together. Like there's memos that confirm that control takes place in the same world as this. We'll see how mm-hmm. that actually, how that actually lands. Uh, something that I would be really wary of is remedy working with a production company to make an Alan Wake television show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That hopefully was... they get the guy who played him in the game to play him on the TV show. <laughs> So, yeah, well, yeah. fortunately that can't happen because the visual, uh, so the, the person who acts in the live, the person who acts in the live action segments and the person who Alan Wake is, his appearance is modeled after that's like a Finnish guy <laughs> and mm-hmm. the voice actor does all the overdubs on top of, oh, uh, okay. on top of everything. So that, that's why everything I looks, I don't know, just, just do yeah, it all, I... do it all in ADR. <laughs> Yeah, just just ADR the entire TV show. Al, I Al, Al Wake is always good. He's always having to hold his hand for his mouth. <laughs> no, Al Wake is always sick, so he's always wearing like a surgical mask. Yeah, <laughs> Denver Broncos. <laughs> um, they, <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. their neighbor. <laughs> I, I I basically want Alan Wake to be in a TV show and just be like declarative statement Wake, <laughs> like he is in this game, but in a TV thing, and have everyone else in the show react to him as if he was a real person doing that. The audience I just clapped the to my door. singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I turn the handle on the door and push it open. Afterwards, I walk through, entering the room. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> get out of here, man. We told you to stop coming over here. Nobody likes you. <laughs> I heard the insult. It hurt my feelings. That's what we wanted to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was the point, Alan. <laughs> Jeez. He explained what the point was. Stop it. <laughs> the, like, you, you have to quit. Oh, <sighs> man. 
Um, so we're, we're going to get into it. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this first part. Mm-hmm. Public feed. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear the rest of this, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, for $5, you get the uh, the full episode and many, many more things. Access to a whole feed of premium mm-hmm. episodes and a whole other show. Uh, two whole other shows, actually. Bonfireside Chat, uh, Rekindled, and um, Unfilmable, or at that level. Um, and at $10, uh, you can check out a bunch of other stuff, like the Firehose of Back Content mm-hmm. and our uh, show Adaptation Decay. Did a very fun episode recently mm-hmm. about the House of the Dead movie and also a bunch of Duck Feed Presents, which is when me and Cole have something we want to talk about but doesn't fit into a normal show. No. And we've been running through the Ariaster uh, oeuvre, uh, and that's been really fun. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go and do the rest of the episode, but thank you so much for listening so far, and we'll be back next week with your thoughts on this month's games. you're looking for a game that oh, sorry <laughs> very great and nice been over um, right it, yeah, uh, um if you're looking for a game that does this really well um god damn it <laughs> sorry uh-huh. she she got a hold of a bottle cap one second mm. a little drunk right. <laughs> i shouldn't be dropping bottle caps okay um <clears throat>